If you or anyone around you are affected by the subjects of today's podcast, you can reach out to get help, advice or support from our charity partners, Women's Aid, at womensaid.org.uk or the Yorkshire-based organisation, IDAS, at idas.org.uk. You can also find these links and reach out to us directly via our website, takebackthebeat.co.uk or email us at takebackthebeat.co.uk tour at gmail.com that's take back the beat tour at gmail.com hello hello my love how are you hello well firstly welcome oh (laughs) (laughs) it's been a long day guys it's been a long day i'm tired guys i'm sorry cheers i'm happy but but i'm I'm tired so we've got to give the people what they want (laughs) we have and that is Welcome to Take Back the Beat. Voice out. Okay, yeah, that was the best one yet. Yeah, that was the best one yet. Nailed it. Okay, Um, now I'll say, how are you? How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I am. I do apologise for this episode, guys. My flatmate is teaching a ballet class, literally like next door. Yeah, and because of the heat. Um, I'm very much like stuck in a corner. So I do apologise if you can hear any sort of balletic music. I mean, it might be quite relaxing. I don't know. Yeah. Might I be. mean, I can't hear it, so. Well, that's good. I'm hoping no Just one else Just if she starts can. like screaming at someone to point their toes. A five, like, six, ah! seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get um, lower, Brenda. I don't know. Uh, Brenda? Um, that's okay yeah just one i don't know i full disclosure i have no idea what she does in her ballet classes <laughs> so farah on a scale of one to hold your biscoff how are you feeling um i'm good with the biscoff um okay i need i need a nap for real yeah um fair. but other than that i've just done a very long run of shows uh but like one of the what well, two of them were in scotland uh, uh, so i did like I'm not going to try and murder the name because no. it's not happening, but it begins with a B. <laughs> Is it Berwick? Screw it, I said it. Berwick, don't judge me. And then sure. I drove to Edinburgh. That I can't pronounce. So, <laughs> um, and then I drove so home wrong. that night. Um, I haven't told you this yet, so I'm just going to tell you this. Um, oh, okay. It's exciting. Just typical story of a group of dickhead men who were at the services oh, no. so i was on the way back from edinburgh so i stayed the first night obviously because i was like an hour from the next venue yeah um, and i was like i'm not driving home to come back so nope put me up please thank you um so i stayed over and then drove to edinburgh did my show and then i was like right home time so i was driving and basically it's like where I stopped was kind of like a services. I'm saying it in air quotes because it wasn't, <laughs> it was like one of those that's like off the beaten track, just to, yeah. you know, claims to be a services, but it's not really. So yeah. this is like, I want to say like 2.30 in the morning. Um, and there was like a white van there full of like, you know, men who work on the motorway, basically just like who put out red cones and 
like a ma- yeah. ma- highway maintenance guys yes that sounded like an insult but it wasn't <laughs> it was like just <laughs> men who put out cones on the motorway men like i just was trying to think of the name of the job the job description no, but it's like, not it's it's not offensive it's just we have no idea what they actually do no like <laughs> they make my life hell that's what they do i'm pretty sure that they every weekend follow me and go right where's she driving this okay farah's on her way let's shut this fucking road off and die for road. two hours but yeah. that's another story um so I stopped and I didn't I didn't need uh, fuel, but I just needed a coffee because, you know, tiredness. Caffeine. Um, <laughs> tiredness kills, so they say. So yeah. I stopped and got coffee and I walked into the services and three of the men turned around and literally just went, fucking hell. Like, no... <sighs> like, def- there was no one else in the services apart from the guy serving and then three blokes... And then one of right. them went, oh, yeah. Ah! Like, looking at me. Three stood looking at me. Let me tell you, if looks could kill, them motherfuckers would have been dead on the floor. I gave the best dead eye and, like, looked him up and down as if to say, no, sir. Shut like, off. What do you mean, oh, yeah? No, you wouldn't stand a chance, so bye. So it's what, just so intimidating. Oh my, it's well, it so was, and that's the thing, because I instantly, like, you know what I'm like, I was fuming, but then yeah. instantly after I looked, because I'd looked at them like they were pieces of shit, like, I, you know what yeah. I, and instantly after that, I panicked because I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that because they're, yeah. they're going to be like, who are you looking at? Who are you looking at like that? Like, Are they going to inst- follow me? Are they gonna are they gonna follow- it gave yeah. me instant fear because I was like, right, okay. So so I'm stood at the coffee machine, which was, you know, perfectly placed next to where they were stood. Um, uh, sure. And one of them, I think, I don't know what they were doing. They were buying beer and stuff like that. So they were clearly just finished their shift. The guys were outside with the van door open, like, all stood staring, like, sat staring in, sorry. And just basically one of them turned around and was like oh come on come on mate we need to go because this 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 lady's waiting or this whatever um and he turned around and he was like oh sorry about him do you know like <laughs> trying to start conversation and i'm thinking like no i'm just pouring a coffee like fuck off what do you mean you're sorry like yeah. there's not a queue like <laughs> there's nobody here yeah so they were trying to make conversation and i swear to god i just looked at them like i didn't even speak an english language i just looked through them yeah, good I for didn't you. even acknowledge what they were saying. Um, it's so infuriating, isn't it? Because it's like, why? Yeah. Should, it's two thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's, and like this service no. was in the ass end of nowhere. Like, no, thank you. Dead. And the guy, I mean, the, the guy behind the counter, because my brain was like, why is he not saying anything? Like, oh, just come on, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he looked as petrified as me. I'm not gonna lie. Like he genuinely did. <sighs> there was just him there, yeah, and of then they left. I paid for my coffee. I think I bought some face wipes because um, I was like, this makeup's coming off right now. <laughs> this needs to go. Yeah. Uh, but then they sat in the car park for ages with the door open, just stood looking at my uh, car. Nope. So I got in my car and I know they were going obviously back to the same way that, that I'd gone, that I was going, sorry, because the car was facing that way. So I then panicked and thought, well, now, obviously, I've basically, one, ignored him, two, looked at him like a piece of shit, and just, like, yeah. you know, done all the things that offend men <laughs> who are trying to, like, intimidate us. call you and intimidate you. So I've done all the things that equal 
assault. <laughs> I was panicking because I was on my own. So yeah. I got in my car, locked my doors. And then I thought, right, I was like, just have a minute. They'll go. They stood there and sat there for like another 10 minutes, just at the pump. And just kept looking over. I turned my light on because I was like, right, take your makeup off while you can. As soon as I turned my light on, they all, because obviously then you can see in the car, they were all just stood staring at me. So it's turned that off. And I was so scared because I'm thinking, what are they waiting for? Are they waiting for me? Are they going to come over? Like, it was yeah. awful. And I was fucking fuming because I was like, I can't even say, like, fuck off and fuck leave me off. alone. <laughs> because there's like, I don't know how many were sat in the van. There were three in the shop. Do you know what I mean? The guy in the shop ain't going to help me. Yeah. And I shouldn't have to feel like that. So I sat in my car for 20 minutes, let them drive off, and then waited another five minutes so that they got in front of me. Uh, do you know what? I, the main thing I hate about that story is the fact you said, I did all the things that lead to assault. <laughs> like, no. It's true though, isn't be, it? Yeah, no, it's, it, yeah it's, it's so true, but it's a full pile of bollocks. Yeah. Like, you should be able to go, oi, no, fuck off. Yeah. Like, you're offending me, mate. But at the same time, we've learned that... Look at that poor Zara girl. This is what I mean. They're, these yeah. are the women. The names literally go through my head. And I was stood at the yeah. coffee machine thinking, yeah, I could be in a real situation right now. Like, shit. Yeah. I could be the next statistic. Yeah. So, yeah. to those men, fuck, fuck you. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck you for making <laughs> me feel intimidated. So, yeah. So, that's my story of the week. That's not great. So, I'm not sure what I need for that. I don't think he's Biscoff. A wine, maybe? A fucking change in the world. (laughs) A change. I need a motherfucking change. (laughs) Uh, Do you know what? I actually... um, I wanted to talk to you about this anyway and do a separate podcast, but we might as well talk about it here quickly. Uh, Netflix um, have... I said I was never going to endorse them company on here (laughs) because they earn so much money anyway, but here we are. (laughs) Netflix um, have just released a documentary series, three parts, about Woodstock. Oh. Right? I thought Woodstock, like summer of 69, like happy, like love. I didn't know they then did Woodstock a couple more times. I didn't know this. No, I didn't actually. As an artist, should know that. And in 99, Mm. they did Woodstock and it's the final one. Babe, watch this documentary. I've got so much to catch up on. I thought you were going to say the other one, which we will. No. Yeah, we will do. uh, What's it called? I'm sorry, it slipped my mind. Most hated man in the world. Yeah, the internet's most hated man, or something like that. Some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, But but no, I need to watch that as well. Yeah, watch. It's literally three episodes, um, and it talks about all the rape and all the sexual abuse that happened at Woodstock in '99. Holy shit! And fucking the lead singer of Corn, um, (laughs) the big heavy rock death metal band, (laughs) says he is like. It is disgusting that women can't just have fun and live their lives like a man at a festival. Mm. And I literally just was yeah. like clapping in my bedroom. I yeah. Was like, yes. It's weird you say that because there's a, I don't know if I've spoke about it on, on this podcast before, so forgive me if I have, but um, there's an artist, a, a group, sorry, a band that me and my dad really like, and it's, it's called Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Oh, I yeah. saw them at Leeds Fest before Foo Fighters were on in 2019. And I fucking love him. And one of the reasons is because halfway through his show, obviously they have a mosh pit at the front. Yeah. Um, and halfway through the show, this guy, Frank, he's a lead, stands up and he's like, listen, he's like, men, right now, this next song is for the women. He said, so they're going to crowd surf. 
you're going to fucking keep them safe. You're going to let them enjoy themselves and you're not going to fucking touch them where they don't want to be touched. So look wow. after them right now. But this next song, women, everyone go fucking mad. This is for you. And I swear wow. to God, I stood there and I was like, yeah. And all these women were crowd surf. It was such a moment that I didn't yeah. even film it because I think I was just like, I've never heard anyone do that. But yeah. again, he he knows what happens and it is hard. Like for, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a crowd surfer myself, but if I did, I'd be like thinking uh, that yeah, I was going to get touched and stuff like that. Well, like, this, babe, watch this documentary. There's there's a moment where these girls are crowd surfing and men are just grabbing their boobs, pulling their bras off, undoing their trousers. What like, the fuck, man? It's there is a moment. Like spoiler alert: a woman gets raped in the middle of the festival. Like it's so fucked up, um, and literally the guy, the co-founder <sighs> of. Um, Woodstock just says, well, it's a population of a small village and actually four rapes in a small village is it's kind of okay. All right, okay. You just normalise that then, shall we? Li- literally, literally. Okay, well, that's and all right he, then, as long yeah. as it wasn't and five. He said, he said uh, there was many women who vol- voluntarily got their boobs out. <laughs> as if as if that's an invitation for rape. Literally, I was getting so angry, but like Aidan watched also, it Also, why is me. he talking about it? Exactly, fuck you off. Know? Um, but Aiden watched it before me and he was like, you need to watch it because it's fucking so like fascinating. Like you never heard of this stuff that happened. And he was like, but it's going to wind you up. <laughs> He's like, because it pissed me off. And then I watched it and was like, ah, I need to talk to Farrah about this. It's so <laughs> true though, isn't it? Like you said, like I, I've, I think I've seen it on my, not for you page, for you know you. what I mean, <laughs> that yeah. one. Um, but I genuinely thought, oh, it'll be like a music documentary. No. I'll add that to my things to watch. I never I mean, would it. have thought clicking on that that it would have been about that. So because you just hear watch the good it. things about it. Well, yeah, literally, I hadn't, I hadn't even seen it. Aidan was like, "I've just watched this Woodstock thing." Mm. Um, he was like, "You need to watch it," and I was like, "Yeah, like, I know Woodstock." And he was like, "No, ninety nine. And I was like, "No, sixty nine." Like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. so ninety nine. Sick, like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, so yeah, watch it. But um, yeah, wow. So sorry that was it. so long, but I really wanted to tell that story because I haven't actually yeah. spoken to you about it because... Um, That's horrific. Natalie, you have been... Ella. On, I don't even need I've to been, ask you about your jar of biscoff I've because where have you been? Paris. I've been, oh la la, France. Ooh. Je m'appelle Natalie. <laughs> Is that all you could say? <laughs> je suis anglais, je voudrais un croissant. <laughs> I, love, I love how you kept the accent and then you're just like, un croissant. Croissant. <laughs> A-star, French, GCSE. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. Look at you. But literally, I was like, I don't remember any French. Um, like when we were out in France, I was like, uh, I kind of know what that means, but not really. But I don't. Yeah. Um, and like you freak out, don't you? Because I was like, we went up to the like um, Sacre Coeur and we wanted to walk up it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know that to ask for two tickets in GCSE French <laughs> would be like, je voudrais de billet. But instead I freaked out and I literally went up there and can we get two tickets, please? <laughs> and just pure panic. Because, <laughs> like, it has been many moons since I did French. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. It get, you get nervous when you're about to do it. It's like when you used to have to go up and do do it in class and yeah. she'd make you read stuff out. And, uh, yeah, but it's like, that's panic. how you learn. That's how, like, when people move to foreign countries, that's how yeah. they learn the language, is by True. doing it. And I was like, I can't. I just can't because I'm just going to sound awful. Um, yeah, no, we had a lovely time. Um, randomly my parents bought me like they put a bit of money towards a city break for me and Aiden for my 30th in lockdown <laughs> um, so they were like 
here's money to do something when the world's yeah. back to normal. And then obviously Ada got Les Mis, so he's been away. And then uh, one of my best friends got married on Thursday. Oh. So um, shout out to the I Spies. didn't get married. <laughs> Not it wasn't it was a different different friend different <laughs> friend. Um, so uh, Aiden took some holiday from the show to come to the wedding, and they were like, "Well, fuck it, let's go to Paris for the weekend as well. Yeah. We'll tag on my thirtieth birthday." Um, so yeah, we ate so much cake, unreal because um, France is not great for vegetarians. Mm. Let alone for vegans. Mm, cheese. Cheese and eggs. Mm-hmm. Literally, you go to a restaurant, and like I am completely stereotyping like the center of Paris, but it was just you either have a pizza, an omelet, or meat. Yeah. And I was like, I love cake then. Um, so I ate a lot of cake, but no, it was amazing. We're just so exhausted because like, just we we walked over fifty miles. Wowzers. Yeah, I had my little step thing on, and literally like both of us, our feet are fucked, our backs are fucked, Aiden's knees hurting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Poor we were like, dad. looked to my, f- I know, bless him. We looked to my phone. It was like fifty miles, and I was like, ah, oh, that would be why. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm. Oh, good. Nice little nice. getaway. Yeah, like it's one of them holidays where you're like, oh my god, I need a week off to sit by a beach now because I am not relaxed. No, it's not a relaxing holiday. It's like a city break, but you're constantly yeah. going. It's like when yeah. I when I went to New York, I went for a week. Yeah. Oh my god, we were the same. Not, I've never done so much walking. You just but then you see get everything. back, and I'm like, I need to go to a beach. <laughs> that was not relaxing, but it was the best time. So yeah, uh, yeah. So that was really nice. Literally got back a few hours ago. <laughs> I was like, I need a nap and some food, um, and I think I was still a little bit drunk. Um, so yeah, uh, it was really lovely. Good. There's a heat wave happening again. Oh, and don't. I'm not ready for it. Don't. No. Um, But this week, we have a really exciting guest. Yes, we do. Who, her name is Emma, and Mm -hmm. she reached out to us on Instagram. I put up a post that was like, we're looking for new guests. If anyone has a story they would like to tell or wants to be involved or whatever, we just want to hear from you. And she messaged me and said, literally just said, hi, I've I've only ever told a few people my story, and I I would like to, I'm ready to share it. And I was like, Farah incredible we're on it so we have emma shall we bring her in the room let's bring her in okay emma here we go so we have the amazing emma hey babe hey Um, you guys can't see emma but she's in a fantastic play suit yep Um, (laughs) nat's already ordered it it. (laughs) i know i'm literally looking at it like i need that blazing um are you okay darling how's your day yeah, good. I've been working uh, and then I've been like a little bit anxious today because I knew this was coming up, but yeah. in a good way. Good, That's what good. We've, we've been there. I saw you were at Truck Festival. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so much I'm fun. I'm so jealous. How was it? It was really good. It was the first festival I've been to since COVID and I feel like it was a really nice way to oh, go great. back in like with something quite small. Nice. Um, and it was so much fun. It just reminded me how much I love live music and yeah. being in a field surrounded by people <laughs> <laughs> yep i agree yeah oh I, I remember like my first festival back after covid it was like c- you can come near me oh okay right i, I didn't have to freak out okay okay this is fine um but it's so great isn't it just having live music back and just yeah breathing yep. back into it um, yes so emma actually reached out to us on the old insta of the gram mm-hmm. um and yeah, basically, we'd love to hear your story. Tell us whatever you want, and we'll probably harp in with some questions or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tell us a bit about you, Emma. 
Sure. Um, okay, so I... Uh, where do I start? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. Take your time. Um, so I uh, work in the music industry. I am like... Uh, I think people... Once they get to know me, know me as quite like outspoken. Well, very outspoken, yeah. quite opinionated, um, <laughs> in a good way, never, never yeah. in a horrible way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, um, back in twenty nineteen, I became involved with someone who very quickly became very abusive. Um, and I think really, I wanted to come and talk to you because I've. I think that a lot of the time, well, for a few reasons, really, a lot of the time we hear stories about uh, violence, like physical violence, um, yeah. and the sort of um, emotional abuse isn't necessarily as covered as a kind of widespreadly covered as much. That wasn't a word, widespreadly, but... <laughs> we know what you nerves. mean. <laughs> we know what you mean. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then also I think because of that whole piece of like, it's only a certain type of person that becomes involved with abusers. I think there's a real yeah. thing about, but you're a strong woman, you're this, you're that. How did you get yourself in that situation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, I guess maybe I will just start at the beginning. Uh, that's probably a good place to go. <laughs> yeah. um, absolutely. If it was good for Julie Andrews, it's absolutely fine <laughs> for us. So, yeah, I met him, I met this guy uh, on a dating app um, about six months after I, uh, my, like, first long-term relationship ended. I was with this guy for six years, and then, uh, yeah, it was, and, like, I basically thought I was going to get married to this guy. You know how you do when you're young. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, the only reason I say that is because I think, like, I was in a more vulnerable vulnerable position than I yeah. Well, very much than I am now. Yeah. Um, not that it excuses his behaviour, obviously, or like, it, you know. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I met him and it was just like super intense really, really quickly. Um, he told me he loved me after three days. Whoa. Yeah, it was like the the love bombing was intense. Wow, um, yeah. It was constant texting. Um like, honestly, when I say constant, literally, like, the only time we wouldn't be texting is when we were sleeping. Because, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, he... Um, I don't... I think I'm I'm quite a chatty person. I don't mind that so much. Like, it wasn't yeah. too much for me. Um, and then it was, like, a lovely whirlwind romance for about a month. Well, what I thought was a whirlwind romance. Yeah. Um, and then, basically, it went to shit. Oh. <laughs> um, right. And, like, honestly, so many things happened and I literally don't even know where to start. So there's... He... I think he just completely latched on to all of my insecurities. Um, so he started... Yeah, there was, like, maybe, like, two or three pillars of the things that he... He found that got me. Um, so the first thing was that he kind of started fixating on my past relationships and my past partners um right. and he kept asking me really specific questions like uh particularly about like sexual experiences like did you do this with this person oh what okay. like like honestly I, I do not want to go into graphic no. detail no, obviously no, no, no. but like nope. <laughs> it was honestly like specific 
wow. like minute by minute recounts wow. that he expected from me. And at the beginning, it started off as just like flippant kind of questions like, oh, you know, did you do this? And I was just would like do some kind of random answer to just shut the conversation down. Because yeah. I was like, well, this is why are you asking me this? But I'll just give you something to yeah. shut you up kind yeah. of thing, you know. Um, and then gradually, uh, maybe like two, two or three months into the relationship, um, he started to like quiz me back on the things that I'd said. And if, if ever anything was different, you know, if, if I'd said like, oh, this, this didn't happen or this did happen. And previously I said the opposite. He'd be like, you are a liar. You are a whore. You are absolutely unacceptable. Like it just, it completely went from like, naught to to 90, like real quick. So he's like testing everything that you told him before to see if you were telling the truth. Yeah, it was a test. It was, it was honestly like the most intense test and there's obviously no way you can pass a test like that no No. it's it's just ridiculous um and also I mean obviously I'm very aware that people listening to this don't know me don't know who I am but like I'm a pretty uh I don't have a lot of experiences you know I'm I'm quite innocent however he made me feel like really really dirty wow um yeah it was not it was not fun um and I remember like the worst I think the worst incident of this probably which is kind of a little bit funny to me now because it's just so ridiculous um was we went we took a trip uh abroad um just to a European city um and we were in a bar it was Valentine's Day um we were in a bar uh drinking loads and then um I made like a jokey comment about how like a couple of my school friends who I'm still friends with now um they'd all kind of like fancied each other at one point you know how you do when you're like teenagers yeah yeah. right yeah hormones yeah crush on everyone very normal stuff yeah yes um and I made a jokey comment about how I uh, used to have a crush on my best friend's now boyfriend. They weren't together at the time, uh, in like year seven. So what, you're like 11? <laughs> and yeah. I mean, yeah. But you fancy weird people then. I fancied like Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter. <laughs> right, Draco, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I'm sure he'd love that being considered in the same category as Draco Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's young. It's, it's it young. Is. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. At all. It doesn't mean anything, yeah. No. So, like, we... And it's also a joke in our friendship group now. Like, uh, him and my best friend are still together, and they've been together for, like, 11 years. At this point, when I was having this conversation with uh, the the abusive, my abusive ex, um, he... Yeah. It, they'd been together for, like, eight years. So it was not... Oh, wow. It wasn't even, like, a I'm going to go and steal my best friend's boyfriend kind of situation. It was honestly yeah. just such a silly thing. But anyway, basically, yeah. he absolutely lost his mind. He, like, he just completely flipped um, oh. in in the middle of this bar. So I was like, right, okay, let's leave. Let's just, let's just go back to the place we were staying and talk this through because I don't want to do this in a public place. Yeah. Um, so I went to the loo, came back, and he was gone. And I was like, 
mm, okay where's he gone and I asked the bar staff I was like did he go to the toilet or did he leave and they were like yeah no he just stormed out and I was like okay oh god yeah so at this point it's like one in the morning um I'm in a city that I have absolutely no I've never been to before and I had one percent battery on my phone oh, and I didn't no. have any keys to the Airbnb Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was just wandering around for ages, like crying my eyes out. I mean, I'd been drinking a lot as well, so I didn't really know what was going on. But still, I was like, that's a scary this situation to be in. Yeah. It's yeah, not, it's not terrifying. good. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a good time. And then eventually I just went back to the bar because I was like, well, maybe he'll just come back here. And yeah. I found him, I saw him like hiding down an alleyway, like right outside the bar um what yeah and he was on the phone to his best friend telling his best friend how much of a piece of shit I was <gasps> oh god yeah yeah okay yeah um and then uh eventually we went back to where we were staying um he packed his bags and uh left for the airport three times he came left and came oh back three god. times before uh, like and each time was a worse argument and like he it was I don't even know how somebody in this place didn't come down and just be like what the hell is going on yeah because it was so loud and then the the last time he came back he just came back and passed out on the floor oh god yeah and then woke up the next day bought me flowers uh we went to the zoo um and it was just like nothing had ever happened and he was an angel Oh, God bless wow. you. Wow. That must have been so scary, especially, like, in a foreign country. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, yeah, so did, know, he, it was did he say anything the next day, like, I'm sorry, or did he just buy you flowers and kind of go, let's go to the zoo and forget about it, we were drunk type thing, well, just, like, brush it off? in his mind, he never did anything wrong, so there was never anything to apologise for. Mm. Right. So it was never... I never got the apologies of, like oh, I'm really sorry, like, I'll never do that again. It was me who was apologising. I was like, I'm so sorry. Uh, Like, it was just a joke. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry that, like, I told you that. I shouldn't have said anything, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it was me who (sighs) was the one that was at fault. Um, And this just sort of kept happening. It was one thing and then, you know, like, maybe two or three days of loveliness and it was and I think the problem was that when it was lovely it was it was wonderful um yeah that's usually the case isn't it yeah yeah yeah. and so that made the he was honestly just like the high the highs were wonderful and then the lows were just like absolutely the worst nights of my life this is a thing isn't it when people say like I never understand why girls stay and you're like well it's not the reason they stay isn't like because they love this drama and like there's the good parts that you start mm-hmm. to go well if actually that high is really worth the low or actually I'm only worth yeah. this much happiness and it's yeah it's a learning thing isn't it you learn that actually that's yeah. how it works and I'll have this shit day but then we'll have an amazing day yeah yeah and it's and like you said why. it got to a point where he made you think that you it was you in the wrong so then it over time it kind of makes you go, oh, it is me. Maybe this is all I deserve. That's the sort of, that's the dangerous side that it gets to. And that's why we stay. That's, that's why that happens, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Um, 
yeah so then and then there's there's one well there's I mean there's loads of other things but there's another thing like re- related to this like past partners thing but um was the point for me where I was like this this has to stop he um he got well he was acting as if he'd just been sent a voice note um and this voice note was of uh an intimate moment between what he told me was uh me and a previous partner what so i've actually uh, i've only told the story to like my closest friends i don't think even my therapist knows this so um <laughs> just take your time with it thank it's you fine. um so so he like called me up to uh, my bedroom and was like listen to what I've just been sent and I listened to it um and I basically just like collapsed on the floor and I was like I cannot believe that there's this out there in the world this someone someone like that I've been with before has record one recorded me without my consent and then um and then uh like tracked down people in my lives and sent it to uh, people somehow tracked down my like current boyfriend and sent it to him you know like all like my mind was honestly racing yeah. and I was like oh my god like my job is gonna find out and then I was just completely spiraling and I was crying so much and he was oh, just like babe. yelling at me and then there was one moment in the voice note where I was like hang on a minute that's that's your voice and he <gasps> and he basically take like again, which I didn't consent to, had taken a recording of us together and pretended that he had been sent it from somebody else. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, like, probably one of the worst days of my life. It was awful. And I just just thought, how can you do that? And I I said to him, I was like, that's you. What are you doing? Why have you done this? And he was... I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like... Well, it made you think, though, didn't it? <gasps> I was like, what? Oh, my days. That is just, there's too many levels of fuckery in that. Like, A, do you know what? Just a side note of that, but I hate, like, the instant reaction of a girl is, fuck my job, my friends, mm. my family. We have sex. We are grown-ass women. We're we allowed. have sex. <laughs> that is an okay thing. And it's like, well, hold on. You didn't consent to someone recording you, and yet you would be the one whose life would he's get panicking. Fucked up. Yeah, like, it's just such a fuckery that in general, mm-hmm. and then the fact that he's tried to pretend it's someone's like, oh my god, babe, the lengths he went to to try and <sighs> I don't know prove a point. It, yeah. that's like sickening. Yeah. Ugh. How long had you been together at this point? Um. So this, I think, was probably about six months in um Jesus wow yeah and it had worsened because he uh, when obviously all of this was happening at the start of the pandemic so um he basically guilt tripped me into uh when I moved out of London to go be with my family he guilt tripped me into taking him with him um so we were like Ugh. with each other non-stop so I couldn't escape whereas in london we didn't live together i could just leave yeah yeah um yeah and was he 
like this like around your family and stuff no no he was so charming it's that really t- classic thing like everybody yeah. everybody liked him well I think my mum was suspicious because my mum me and my mum were like mums always know don't they mums always know yeah. my mum did yeah <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. Um, but all my friends really liked him. I remember one of my best friends saying to me something like, oh, you seem so much brighter in this relationship. Like, you seem really happy. And I think it was things like that, which is obviously not her fault. She had no idea what she was saying. And I do not blame her at all. But it's things like that where I, I, when I was in those times where I was like, I've got to end this, where I was thinking, yeah, but people think I'm really happy. So why would I end something that I'm really happy in? Yeah. But yeah, it's he was exhausting just like, in yourself as well, isn't it? Like you seeing him like that with your family and your friends, and then it's exhausting for yourself to try and put up this front. But then you also know that you know when that door closes, it's a completely different person that you deal with dealing with. But nobody sees it but you. It's absolutely exhausting. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, but sorry, then you go, I had to well, go no through one will that. Believe me, anyway, if I say anything, because they all mm. see this charming and look how happy I am and how yeah. charming he is. Why would they believe that? anything is wrong Mm -hmm. yeah oh mate Um, so in the pandemic did you stay together for the entirety of it or so we were um we were together from like the the very first time we were put into lockdown up until I think like maybe mid-July when it got so so bad that okay um my basically my mum was like he's not staying here anymore he has to leave okay um oh wow which obviously I I understand and I again do not blame her at all because it was awful I was I was a horrible person um and I can understand why she didn't want even want me in the house to be honest um but for me that was in my head just going to make it so much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, like, it didn't make it worse, but it also didn't help because all I had was him on the other end of the phone keeping me up until four in the morning. Um, I mean, I was working, like, a nine-to-five job. Um, oh, yeah, gosh. keeping me up, to, like, telling me that he was going to overdose, um, he was going to, like... Yeah, basically, multiple times he told me he was going to end his life, and then I just just spent hours trying to like talk him down. Oh God, so not fair. Yeah. Did you ever? Isn't it? It's sorry. Go on, go on, uh, go on, Farrah. I was going to say, did you ever tell anybody that he was doing that to you, or did you just kind of deal with it yourself <laughs> and then carry on the I, next day? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I did at the time, like in the moment, because I think. I knew that if I told someone, they would be like, Emma, you, you have to get out of that. But then from, yeah. from my point of view, I was like, well, if I get out of it, I'm going to have blood on my hands. Yeah. And that will be on your conscience. Like, yeah. It's, I was going to say, it's such a weird correlation. Obviously, we've been doing this for a few weeks and talking to so many incredible women like yourself. And there is so many similar traits. And it's the, the thing of everyone says, I was such a bitch. Or I was such a horrible person to be around. And it's like, I'd love to know the brain, how it works, because obviously we do it as a coping mechanism and it's like yeah. a thing. Like yeah. both me and Farah said it on our episodes. We were like, mm-hmm. oh my yeah. God, I was an absolute dick. Like I lost everyone I loved yeah. and was friends with because I wouldn't blame them. And it's it's like, you've just said, it's like, well, why 
why are we self like sabotaging ourselves because of what they're doing to us? Mm-hmm. Like, where is, why do we do that? It's that inner turmoil though, isn't it? Because there's only you who knows. You and this one other person that knows exactly what's going on. And yeah. you can't tell anyone. And it just makes you miserable to the point yeah. of you just, that's what you project onto everybody else. And you just look like a horrible human being when actually you're in absolute pain. And it's it's yeah. awful. It's I I'd don't also, wish it like, on anyone, that feeling. I'd love to know if actually you were a horrible person. Like I remember in Farah's story, we talked about it. And you said, you're like, oh, I was such a dick. I was so horrible. And I was like, I knew you then. And you weren't. But is that just your self-esteem telling you that you are a horrible person, that you mm-hmm. are not very nice? And actually, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just hating and self-loathing. Mm. Yeah, it's true, maybe. I think for me personally, I I don't think I was like a horrible person, but I think I was a terrible friend and a terrible like family member. Yeah. Like I just pushed everybody away because it yeah. gets to the point where there's too much to explain to them. Yeah. Unless you sit them down and be like, literally tell them the story from start to finish you can't explain it so then it's just like okay well I'm not going to tell you anything and I'm going to completely shut you out yeah yeah and so how how did it all kind of come to an end with everything (laughs) um it didn't for a long time so I uh the beginning of the end for me was actually quite early on in lockdown it was the beginning of April I think um so we'd not even been locked down for very long and I remember seeing um an Instagram story uh, about the rise of domestic abuse in the lockdowns yeah and I remember reading some of the things and I remember there was a slide about emotional abuse and some of the like key traits and I was like oh this is sounding really familiar um, and there was a women's aid, like a call to action to the women's aid uh, website. So I, yeah. when um, my, uh, I really hate calling him my boyfriend because like such a non-label that doesn't apply. But like when my yeah. visa was on a work call, yeah, um, I sat there and I typed out this email to the women's aid email address. Like, this is what's happening. Is this abuse? Am I going insane? Am I a piece of shit? Am I a horrible person like he says I am? And I remember um, the reply. I I waited a couple of days for the reply, obviously. Um, And I got the reply back and it just, it was just like a complete shock to me. They they just said, uh, what you're experiencing is abuse, would 100% be considered domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no no not me this isn't this isn't me now I'm yeah. I'm just a, one of those statistics that they're talking about yeah. yeah um but it took me an awful long time to leave from that point I knew I had to leave and in April but we didn't I didn't properly walk away until uh August bank holiday weekend so wow it was a long time yeah. of trying to get away because I was just yeah. hit every time I was hit with, well, you don't know how good you've got it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to... And he started saying, like, we didn't we didn't exactly move in the same circles work-wise, but he knew some people that I could potentially also know. It was sort of, like, vaguely related. And yeah. he started saying, 
you know, like, I'll tarnish your rep- reputation, basically. And I'm a very career-driven person, so that, for me, was like, okay, well, I guess this yeah. is my life mm-hmm. now. Of course, yeah. But the thing um, is, it, as you, you left, you did it, and that is honestly one of the hardest things to do, um, because then that's when, obviously, as well, your recovery starts. But leaving yeah. is the, one of the hardest things that I've ever done, because, again, it took me a long time. I knew I had to, but it's just back and forth, back and forth. It ke- unfortunately, doesn't happen overnight, but yeah. the strength it takes to do that is incredible. So, yeah, you should yeah, be proud and of yourself. It's such, a, it's such a hard pill to swallow to go from, is, is this a normal relationship to someone actually mm-hmm. going to you? in black and white mm. in no, an email no this mm-hmm. is abuse yeah and that and like you said you go no no it's not like that's that's what you see on tv that's yeah. not what happens yeah to yeah me. and i remember <sighs> seeing something in the email and i i like i actually like copied and pasted it because i wanted to read it out because it's just like so accurate so yeah it's very common for abusers to manipulate us into disclosing sensitive information and then using this against us in order to belittle shame control or manipulate us i was like well that's exactly yeah. what it's done for yeah. the last however many months yeah wow oh my gosh. um yeah so but yeah eventually obviously got out of it and now have spent the last two years because it's cut yeah coming up to two years since the end of the relationship just trying to heal from it yeah. all and he yeah he also just completely ob- obliterated any self-esteem I ever had like I've always struggled I think as a lot of women do always struggled with yeah. body image and mm-hmm. yeah. uh particularly I think of our generation with all the kind of tv shows we grew up, grew up with <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah so he would just he he knew that I was insecure about it and he would build me up and build me up and tell me I was beautiful and, and amazing. And then he, this sounds really weird, but he would like, like force feed me. Not, maybe, that, maybe that's not the right phrase, but he would just like, he knew that I had tr- troubled with, disor- had issues with disordered eating. So yeah. he would yeah. be like, just eat what you want, babe. You know, like you're beautiful, it doesn't matter how you look. Just, yeah. just like free yourself. And, I obviously thought that was amazing at the time and that in itself there's nothing wrong with um but I was piling on weight um and then uh he said one night um I'm gonna fatten you up so that no one else wants you oh Oh, wow which is horrible on so many levels like that's so fat phobic it's ridiculous and Uh. (laughs) but I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. But if he knew you had an ED, that's he knew what he was saying to you and what that yeah. would do yeah. to you. So again, that's he's just using all your insecurities. Yeah. 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 Wow. What a monster. Jeez. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, do you know when it ended, I expected there to be backlash. I expected to have him messaging my friends and my family on social media. I expected like not that I wanted it. No. But I just expected it. And there, yeah, was n- there was nothing. And on one hand, that's a massive relief. But also, it's like, fuck, I could have left ages ago because you're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's that thing, isn't it? You, you, don't, you don't know and you get yourself to such a state of going, he controls my life. And like mm-hmm. you said, he said he was going to tarnish your reputation. Mm-hmm. He was going to kill himself. He was going to do this. Because you are a nice person and a good soul and don't let 
that, change that. You believed that and you wanted what's best for him because you care for him. So it's that whole sense of, if you were completely selfish, you could have walked away ages ago because yeah. you wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah. But, but you're not, you're a good person. And it's almost like they use that and go, well, she won't leave me because I'm going to emotionally blackmail. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, like you said, you're a very career driven person. I'm exactly the same. And um, when it's that whole thing of someone says something about your career, you go, fuck. Even I had it with when we started the podcast and the tour, a few people in the industry, management said to me about they don't support these kind of political movements. Right. And it was very much like me going, well, actually, what's more important? Do, trying to make a change, trying to help people or going forward in my career. Like, what do you do? And then I actually had a com- frank conversation with my mum who goes, well, do you want to be moved forward in your career with people who don't support women's rights that's such a good point Mm -hmm. yes so it is that whole thing of like actually you're just a really you're a lovely person and you're you have a kind soul and a good heart so yes hindsight is a beautiful thing you can look back and go i should have left months ago but you have to take your own journey in your own time yeah like what was the moment that you went right i'm done i'm leaving um so this is i i kind of hate telling this bit of the story because it I feel like it makes me sound really weak, but Not basically all. one of Not my all. closest friends, uh, we we were drink we were all having like a house party, we were all drinking too much, and he told me that he had feelings for me. And I was like, oh, amazing. And we'd had feelings for each other on and off for like, I don't know, the best part of 10 years. And I kind of realized like there was someone really lovely waiting on waiting for me basically. Um, and I think that was the final push that I needed, which yeah. is, I mean, we're not together anymore, but we're still friends and I'm really grateful, but I, I, I hate it because it, I don't want him to think it was like some rebound situation or no. anything like that. But no. like, I think knowing actually what, what actual love could look like with someone really yeah. nice, I was like, oh, okay, I don't need to put up with this. I can go and be really happy and be cared for by someone that isn't yeah. an asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, that's, like, thank God for that person for telling you that. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Just like a little angel sent to you to go, ah, something in that moment. In your brain. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just sent him a text one day and I said, this is like, enough is enough. This is done. Um, and I blocked him and that was it. Wow. Wow, good for you. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and it is amazing that you've had nothing, like no repercussions from it. That mm-hmm. is an amazing and really successful leaving story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's great. I guess so, yeah. That's yeah. So like, moving for forward with you, how did you kind of piece everything back together with your life and start healing? Well, I think it took me a really long time to actually sober up to everything that had happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, of course. I didn't start seeing a therapist until... I don't don't know how long. Like, quite a long time after the breakup. Um, I just sort of kept it all in, maybe told a few people a few things. um, And then eventually... uh, Well, eventually, I went to see a therapist about, like suspected body dysmorphia and and then it was only once we started talking when I actually opened up about the abuse um and it's taken a really 
really, really long time. I've been seeing my therapist for a year and I'm still like nowhere there near. Um, I remember, yeah, like therapy. Everyone go get therapy. Let's just pause. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. When I'm queen, that is the one thing that we mandatory to everyone. 100%. (laughs) When I'm queen. When I'm queen. (laughs) It's true. Um, yeah, but I like I, it was really difficult. I remember walking around streets in London when I go into the office, and yeah, um, I was like suddenly turned a corner and and then remember real had a memory, you know, like some mm-hmm. I was triggered by something or I uh, had a song like I couldn't listen. Not that I'm a fan anyway, but like I couldn't listen to anything by The Cure because that he was obsessed with Robert Smith, um, and. It, yeah it, slowly you sort of desensitize kind of to those those triggers um the more I guess maybe it's a little bit like exposure therapy you just kind of expose yourself to them and then yeah. you slowly start to realize it's not those things that are going to damage you yeah um so yeah I don't really know in terms of like piecing myself back together I think I'm still doing it I'm massively still doing it um and I think that talking about it to people obviously helps and also I'm not just saying this but listening to the stories that you've been telling as well has been incredibly helpful because it just makes you realize that you're not alone and that there's so many other people that go through this Mm -hmm. which is which is great and horrific at the same time (laughs) yeah like it's our producer said it the other week he was like oh my god you've had so many like I think we're in like number 30 or some sort now of episodes he's like that's horrific <laughs> and we were like yeah yeah we like thank it's, you it's it's a weird but, but yeah, also but it's, it's building that community as well isn't it of people who yeah. we can all reach out to each other and this is Absolutely. exactly what we intended from it and we feel like we've just got this growing family of people who have all got each other's backs and now you're a part of it yeah Yeah, it's it's so horrific when you start to speak to people and you've been through similar situations but then a part of you goes oh I feel like we have this connection now and actually I'm not alone and this didn't just happen to me and yeah okay I can heal from this because you did yeah and it's it's quite a nice feeling yeah yeah in a weird way yeah I think for me now the the next step sounds really cheesy but like the next step is actually starting to talk about it more widely and I think I want to use my experience and do some good um I'm great I work at a big company and also like when I got this job I I got this job just over a year ago now and it was such a game-changing job and there was like so there was hundreds of applicants for this job and I just didn't shout about it at all because I was in such a little it was yeah. like a teeny weeny little yeah. mouse and I didn't want to tell anyone because I was scared like he would find out that I was working here and all this stuff and anyway and so now yeah. I almost feel like I need to have like a oh, I don't want to say coming out because that I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to like take that phrase from a community <laughs> no, but, that needs yeah. it, but it's like a coming out and being like hey I'm here again I'm actually yeah. feel like me yeah I've got this badge right. I went through some shit but yes. now let's try and do something with it and hopefully stop other people going through it or help mm-hmm. them get out of it if they are going through it. Absolutely. Help and like them understand. The horrific, yeah, and the horrific thing is, is like in our industry, both TV and film as well as like music, the performing arts whole section, like 
unfortunately, there is quite a large number mm-hmm. yeah. of people who have been through this, people that it is still happening to, people who are working who are known abusers, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the more people that can shout out about it, and it is fucking amazing, like getting a job at, I, I don't know if we're allowed to say where you work, but it's a huge fucking streaming yeah. site. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we won't endorse them any more yeah. than they need me. <laughs> but let's just say everyone probably in the world has an account with them. Um, it's amazing. That's incredible. It like, is. Good for fucking you. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. Like, that's yeah. Woo. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go get 12 cocktails and live your best life in freedom, babe. That's amazing. Thousand percent. Thousand yeah. percent. Like, yeah, like you said, you, this. Sorry. Do you openly talk about it now? Like, is it something you are like open with now? And do you talk to new people about it, or is it very much kind of going to your old friends and talking about it? Um. A bit of both. So yeah. I, yeah, sometimes new people. Um, uh, I actually through work we have um, they're like community groups, and I oh, wow. co-lead the mental health group. So that's that's amazing. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's that's great. It's a way basically to try and destigmatize everything around mental health. And what I would really love, love at some point is to do something around domestic abuse because. We cover a lot of topics, and yeah. but I have never seen uh, it, domestic abuse covered before because I think it's still really taboo. Yes. Um, yeah. And people are really keen to talk about depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. personality disorders and everything, which is incredible. Yeah. But yeah. there's still this massive... I feel like I can't be the only one. I mean, there's 10,000 people that work at the company that I work at across the world I cannot be the only one that's had this experience no no and but nobody there's nobody to facilitate those discussions so like maybe that that I I kind of feel like that's something that I feel like I've got to do I feel just really like compelled to say we don't have to talk about this but you know if you've gone through something like this we're all gonna sit in the cafe and have a coffee at 11 a.m you know kind of thing like that's amazing yeah I I love that idea and it is like it is really interesting you say that because 10 years ago you like I I was diagnosed with depression when I was 18 so that was many moons ago um and I remember not telling a soul because I was so ashamed and Mm -hmm. so embarrassed whereas nowadays it is a bit more like oh yeah I suffer with depression oh yeah me too what do you do to get through it like yeah it is more of a talked about thing whereas even now when I I tell people about the podcast or I tell people about like my recent song that's all about this and people go oh okay and you're like yeah no it's fine (laughs) yeah they don't really know what to say do they they're like yeah Okay. Oh, are you, are you, oh, are you all right? Like, oh, yeah. It's it's almost like people like are scared to catch it from you, like when you talk about it, and you're like, yeah. it's, guys, it's fine. Like, yeah, yeah, we're cool. So yeah, that's that's an amazing idea, and that's also great of the company that are doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, companies for actually looking after the mental mm-hmm. health of your workers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's um, an American company, so I feel like that's probably why, because everybody in America yeah. is like, go to therapy, da da da. Um, <laughs> but so if we can start spreading some of that over here, that would be great. Um, Absolutely, I totally agree. agree with this. Yeah, it shouldn't be something that any of us are ashamed of. Like, no. we're all survivors, so we're all strong ass bitches, if you ask me. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not ashamed of that, so no. <laughs> I want to talk about it. 
It yeah. is always funny though when you are with someone who's a bit awkward about it and you start talking about, like, especially like me and Farrah talk about the podcast, and you just see certain people like, oh, I don't know where to look, and I'm a man, so therefore I, I am responsible. And you're like, yeah. no, <laughs> I don't hate all men. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's not okay. the point of this. <laughs> I love yeah. men. <laughs> I, 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 I really love men. love men, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's fine, guys. Um, that is so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Like, obviously, we just met, but this is so, like, what a story. Like, oh. this is really recent. Like, really fucking yeah. recent. Yeah. And it, not only was it through a fucking pandemic <laughs> where no one had any idea what was going on. No. Like, you've come out the other end of it, got this huge, incredible job. You're sat here with a smiling face talking to two strangers about your experience. Looking oh, incredible in your jumpsuit, no, like living in, your best in the, life. The most like, glorious outfit. <laughs> Like, good for you. Oh, like, that's... Thank you. For anyone listening out there who is thinking of getting yourself out of these situations or needing a push, like, you are an absolute representation of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing. Like... Oh, thank you so look, much. Look at what... You <laughs> randomly messaged us. Like, yeah. I love this. That you were like... Oh, we got a message from Emma that was literally like, I'm ready to tell my story. And I was like, hell yeah. Come yeah. on, let's do it. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Oh. Like, yes. I honour your courage. Go, girl. Oh. Absolutely. So fucking. You are so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Because this will help somebody else listening. So thank you. Absolutely. And do keep us updated with like your work stuff. Like if you do end up trying to, if there's anything we can do to help with the whole talking about domestic abuse in your workplace or whatever. Like it'll be great to hear what you're doing. That's amazing. Live podcast. (laughs) Yes. We're there. Well, thank you so much, Emma. We won't take up any more of your evening, but you are an absolute dream. Mm-hmm. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you so you much. Darling. So you both. Oh, thank you. Yay. So that was the amazing Emma. What an incredible woman. Wow. Like, just legend. You she know, was, like, obviously, you guys can't see because you can't see the video, but yeah. she was such, like, the second we got on, I was like, she's, you know, we get an energy from someone. Yeah. And it wasn't just the amazing play suit she was wearing. Um, <laughs> just, she looked really happy and yeah lovely. I'm just what an egg like I think halfway through that when she was talking about lockdown and stuff and then you said oh wow this is you know this is recent you know the yeah. strength it takes strength to tell your story regardless and I'm not taking away that away from any survivor no. but the fact that she's already come as far as she has yeah. in herself in her career She's all down for therapy. All these incredible things. And then she's like, right, okay, I'm going to speak to two complete strangers and tell my story tell them. to help other people. Yeah. After the short amount of time, like, honestly, we cannot thank you enough. And I think you're an incredible yeah. person. So thank you and so much. I love much. that, like, she wants to use it for the good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just really beautiful. Yeah. And, like, just, yeah, massive round of applause yep. for Yay. Emma. And I hope, Emma, you do go and you celebrate all the incredible things you've achieved. Yeah. Like, and don't forget queen. to invite us. We'll be and there for cocktails. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm very hungover now, so no cocktail for me right now. Not yet. Maybe no. a, a coffee. <laughs> um, you. Oh, that was lovely. So, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a win of the week? Um, no, I don't think Apart so. Apart from the fact you didn't get killed in a service I mean, yeah, the fact that I'm still alive and didn't, I didn't become another statistic in a services. Yeah. That's great. That's um, I know it sounds like I'm taking the piss there, but that's an actual that statement. That's terrified, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean... So I'm alive, so that's great. Yeah. Um, what about you? Win, You've got to have I'd a win of the week. You've just been to bloody Paris. 
I know, but that's a whole weekend of wins. Like, I can't really be like, we had a too romantic time. All right, stop showing off. I know, I'm so (laughs) sorry. This ends the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I would actually say, like, it was... So I obviously I mentioned in like the intro I went to one of my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. I say best friends like we we were really close. I've known him for sixteen years. Wow, sixteen years like that's fucking half my life. I've known this dude. That's crazy. And like you know when just someone's like I actually talk about him in my episode. Um, he is the one who walked in. Yes. in the bedroom. Yes, he um, is. Yeah, he he. We've been through a lot um like lost parents um relationships hairstyles <laughs> and i got an invite to his wedding and his incredible fiance and they have a baby now and yeah. i must admit i was really anxious to go mm. because not that we have we've lost contact or anything but we're not as close as we used to be and like obviously people grow up and drift apart and like mm-hmm. we don't all live in the same neighborhood anymore and go out every friday night and like life has moved on mm-hmm. and like he has different friends now and I so do I but like we still have like the same kind of group of friends but I had that anxious belly of like oh am I gonna feel really left out am I not gonna feel part of it and actually it was a really fun crazy day like yeah. it was basically they had like a gig in the evening like I got up and did a fucking Britney Spears song um oh I saw it was, that it was ridiculous it was lovely they just had like all of our mates who just played instruments are like right who's up next who's doing this like, I what's love happening? that um and actually, like, I spoke to someone I've kind of known on and off for a few years, but not really known. And we had a really nice conversation and then saw, like, really old friends I have not seen in years. And I just kind of left and was like, that was really nice, like, yeah. to kind of see all these people again. And like, I messaged uh, Ashby, who's the guy that got married, and just said, like, I miss you. Like, I'm going to make more effort mm-hmm. because I actually had such a laugh and I felt 18 again. Oh. I mean, the tequila probably helped that. But... um. So that was kind of my win of the week of just kind of going like, actually, I was really anxious to go. Yeah, and like, yeah. Usually, Nat Gray. Like, obviously, I I always put on like a facade and pretend I'm not anxious anyway. But like, I probably would have, not that I would not have gone, but I'd have been like, oh, oh god, can I get out of it? Can I leave early? Can oh god, and I didn't, and I had a great time and. It just shows that sometimes anxiety lies to you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's the biggest fucking liar in the world. Yeah. So I had a lovely time. Oh, good. Good, I'm glad. Me and my sister got quite drunk. I feel left out, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Me and, and then, you haven't been drunk for a very long time. And, uh, babe, I haven't been drunk in ages till this weekend. And then literally, Aiden came and joined us for like the end hours of the wedding. And then we got in a car. Obviously, he didn't drink. Um, <laughs> he drove us to yeah. the airport and went to Paris. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that! <laughs> like literally, my wedding dress and heels. And you're just the drunk, like tequila happy. <laughs> love that. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Um, so that's my win of the week. Oh, I guess. yay! Reconnecting, yeah. love that shit. Absolutely. Cool. Right. Well, we're gonna leave. Love you and leave you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go have a beer. Try and stop me. I'm gonna order a curry. Do it now. Uh, I yes. want a curry. That was the pause. My brain went, ooh, beer uh, and curry. Curry. Oh, yeah, that gets good. Yeah, doing it. Okay. (laughs) Right, we'll see you next week, guys. We love you loads. Love you. Bye. Bye. We do apologize if anyone was triggered by any of the dialogue we used today. We are still learning and we are only just beginning to talk about our own experiences. We're aware that trigger warnings are completely different for everybody. So please bear with us. We love you all. 
We also want to hear your experiences. If there's anything you'd like to share with us, any stories, anything you are happy to discuss on this podcast, you can stay anonymous if you would like. Please send us an email at takebackthebeattour at gmail.com. That's takebackthebeattour at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media at takebackthebeat. Thanks, guys. We love you all.